2: going on y'all we are back it is another episode of no bets barred this time for ufc 282 mago Ankalaev taking on jan Blahovich for the light heavyweight title unfortunately it won't be yuri prohashka trying to defend his belt but uh we're gonna make do with what we got jed how we doing man
3: i'm thriving because uh well, future bet on magribeb and Goliath oh yeah Goliath. I mean, that came back to life I mean out dead of it
2: was dead it was dead I put I put like ten dollars on it and I like posted it and people were like yeah dude but it's ten dollars I was like well it's also ten to one but uh yeah good thing it was only ten dollars because it was as dead as dead could get about two and a half weeks ago
3: yeah the deadest bet of all time and I I knew at the top of the year it was like super long shot just because nobody cares about Magomed. So I know he's going to win the fights. It's just whether he gets the opportunity. And I basically wrote it off the minute Eerie and Glover had their fight. I was like, well, they're just going to run that one back. And now here we are. Is it shady? Is it suspect? Is it a bit ridiculous and certainly disrespectful? It's all of those things. But they don't ask those questions at, at the at the At the teller, you know, you just hand them the ticket. They (laughs) hand you the big stacks of cash.
2: And I don't make those decisions. I, uh, I'm just here, you know, it's, I'm just, all I did was make the bet. All I did was make the bet. And now I can possibly, possibly ride, uh, you know, get some money out of, out of what happened. Uh, going back to last week, UFC Orlando, uh, my hot streak is over now. It's time to build one back up. Uh, tough week
3: it's good you need to you can't just win every time you got to agree what it feels like to lose <laughs> to inspire you to greatness moving forward
2: uh, dude i started out like zero and five on the night and i was just like it like when like the fifth or sixth one lost i think i started out oh and six and when the sixth one lost i was with a bunch of people uh you know watching our dogs just absolutely put a beat down on lsu and in route to an sec championship and dominance but when we when i lost like the sixth bet i was just like i like turned to him, I was like damn I'm owing six tonight. They were like, "Really? Like you seem completely nonchalant about that." I was like, "What well, you said." I was just like, it "Feels good to lose again. Haven't mm-hmm. felt this in a long time. Uh, need you need, to, needed to humble myself."
3: You always got to stay humble. You know, make sure uh, that you're not getting out over your skis too much. So you're putting in the work, uh, and the only way to do that is taking out. Then you come back stronger. So I understand.
2: Uh, do we want to address the Scott Holtzman situation?
3: Look, we can talk about Scott Holtzman. I will say, I I had a marginally successful week. I ended up like a unit and a half. Hey, winning week.
2: Winning week is winning week. Winning week is
3: winning week, baby. Nobody ever went broke making a profit. Uh, hit a, hit the Michael Johnson play. Big Great time, call. big time hit there. Uh, fire Marshall inside the distance at plus money. Got a couple of plus. I, I lost more bets than I won, but I won some plus money action. So
2: that's all it takes. That's, that's all it takes. Yeah. That, uh, D. Casey uh, definitely was not looking to wrestle. Uh, he went back to Bone Crusher.
3: I was very surprised.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I think if any if we're talking about any surprise there, Mark D. Casey not winning the fight was the biggest surprise for him. Oh, uh, he, he seemed was to be shocked. shocked. The entire world kind of knew that was 29, 28 Michael Johnson. Uh, But alas, so Scott Holtzman, very close fight. Claims were made. Minus 500. I rode with you. I rode with you into the sun. You'd make the bet again.
3: I would make the bet again. So we're going to talk about this for a bet later today. Because I said for for that bet, for the Holtzman bet, and for one other bet on the card last week, that I just fundamentally did not understand the betting line that it seemed all the way off that this was off by 500 points. Funnily enough, I lost both of those bets. Last week. <laughs> it was Scott Holtzman and Tai Tui I was like, way I just don't, I don't understand what's going on here. This Wake is crazy. Up. I feel exactly the same way about a bet on this card. And literally as I'm punching in and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening here. But the last, the last time I felt this was last week and both instances I lost, I would make both of those bets again because Clay Guida, I guess, won that fight. Um,
2: Let's be uh, honest. Let's break down the fourth wall. It was an anti-Guida bet.
3: Oh, it was super an anti-Guida pick, and that's why I'd make the pick again because Clay Guida sucks, and I'm not here to pretend that he doesn't. Like, if, if you if you believe that he won the fight, I honestly don't remember how I scored it. I know that I gave Holtzman round one very confidently, and then Guida may have picked the back pick up picked up the back two. Clay Guida did nothing. He did nothing to actually try to hurt or or finish that fight. He just did Clay Guida things. And I I will freely admit that I drastically underestimated the efficacy of that in the in the MMA game. Because Leonard Garcia made a career out of doing nothing but looking like he was doing something. And Clay Guida is just doing that. Like, he didn't ever try to hurt Holtzman. And Holtzman didn't fight that well, let's be real, on the other side of it. But... I'd absolutely make the pick, and same with the Ty Tuivasa one. Even though that looks like that looks, frankly, way dumber than the Scott Holtzman pick.
2: I think it was just the uh, the brashness you you picked Holtzman with. I think that's the biggest reason Tuivasa. I'm not even going to put that on Ty. Sergey Pavlovich is like in a, a terrifying human he being. Might
3: be the best heavyweight in the world, I guess. Which is super weird, but maybe he just is.
2: Who do they give him next?
3: It's it's super odd at heavyweight now because it's Chris like
2: blitz, zero gone.
3: Well, it's he's number five, and the that that's just a tough spot right now.
2: No, now he's is, three.
3: Was he number? Is he number three now?
2: Yeah, yeah, he he well, moved I guess Stepe is
3: not is Stipe not in their rankings anymore. Uh,
2: I think it goes. Let's see. I'm gonna do the old Google let's machine say. here the as it fill some time.
3: Because in in my head it's uh. You know, John and Francis are probably going to fight next year, it looks like. And then I don't ever think of Stipe as fighting ever again anyway, because until he steps in the cage, I just can't believe he's going to do it. And so whether he is actively or not, in my head, he's the fifth guy in the heavyweight conversation, because Cyril and Curtis are there, John and, and Ngannou are there.
2: So he's actually, so obviously John is not in those rankings. Yeah, he's not. No. Uh, he actually jumped Curtis. So it goes Francis is champ, Cyril, yeah, gone, that's nonsense. Stipe Miocic. Sergei Pavlovich, Curtis Blitz. That's Twitter. just
3: nonsense. And I'm
2: Aspinall at six. I am down with the heavyweights right now.
3: Yeah, heavyweights great right now. Um, it'll depend on how quickly Sergey wants to get back in there. My guess is that he has to fight down, though, because I think Cyril and, and Curtis are going to fight for the next title fight or whatever, but maybe he can angle. Maybe one of them gets Stepe. Maybe Stepe does come back, and then he gets one <laughs> of the other ones. That It'll depend get... on how Stipe, if Stipe ever fights again, basically. Yeah. I that think could, that depends.
2: That could get dangerous for Stipe if he gets thrown in there with uh, with Pavlovich.
3: I think it, I think Stipe should try and fight Pavlovich. I think that would be, because he's not getting a title fight, because they're, they're going to do John Francis. Yeah. I think if Stipe still wants to do it, he should be like, look, I'll fight this guy. He just killed your boy. I'll fight this guy, and then I get the next up. I still, because Stipe feels like Stipe could win that fight. And then, then he can get a title fight and screw Curtis Blades yet again <laughs> for the hundredth time oh. in his career. Curtis um, Blades will get passed over.
2: Tom Aspinall gets healthy. Aspinall Pavlovich.
3: I um, mean, that'd be great, but Tommy's still going to be out for
2: a minute, six months, uh-huh, a hot minute. Ahead. And you have to imagine Pavlovich didn't take too much damage. Uh, in not,
3: not at all. It, it would appear he took zero damages.
2: I mean, short. <laughs> short night at the office. Uh all right, so that was UFC Orlando. Any such a, uh any such more a short night. <laughs> yeah, any more uh bows you want to tie before we move on to 282?
3: I will say that looking at the numbers, uh tied to Ivastani landed two strikes. So, I believe that Sergei Pavlovich is probably feeling rather healthy. Today.
2: His face, for that to happen in in less than 60 seconds is like jarring. That like one human being's face can can go from unscathed to just completely torn apart. Yeah. Is I mean this dude is that reach too just like I mean he's Ivan Drago, bro. Just
3: I mean we'll we'll have an opportunity to talk about him because we have based on our pre uh our pre show doc, we have an infinite number of fights to get to this I have a bet on every fight. Oh, I was going to say, it's like you're betting card. on every fight this week. Final pay-per-view
2: card, baby. We're not letting the people down. I've found a way to get a little bit of action on every single fight.
3: Well, I love it. Maybe you'll talk me into a couple more than I have, because I super don't have a bet on every fight. We also, for the people, at the end of the show, we'll talk about it. We have belly this, this Friday. We've got some Bellator action, two title fights. Yeah. And I may have a few bets down that we need to, to chalk into, so.
2: Well, technically, isn't a title fight in a semi-final matchup?
3: Well, it still is, though, because Stots is the oh, champion. Oh, yeah,
2: yes, is the, so uh, the interim the, champion. Well, the
3: interim champion, yeah. but the belt follows through. It's the very dumb way they do it or whatever, but yeah. So
2: so if so if Sabatella wins, he'll get the belt.
3: He'll get the interim belt. It's not the real he'll, belt. He'll the, Sergio has the real belt.
2: <laughs> he'll get the interim belt and then immediately have to turn around and, and defend said interim belt. For the
3: real for the belt, grand, for the Grand Prix belt, Sergio still has the real belt. He's just out, so he will have mm. to be the interim champion, and then he'll fight in the finals for the million dollars while defending his interim belt, mm. and then he gets the tournament belt Man. because Man. Bell stupid, and they're giving away yeah. Grand Prix belts instead of like <laughs> Pride didn't see. give away Grand Prix belts. They gave away trophies. Like just do do something different. Do a crown. Do anything yeah. other than just here's another belt.
2: Yeah, I have a hard time uh, you know, getting incredibly interested in that. But regardless, I do have a couple bets down on Bellator. And by a couple, I mean one one singular bet, which we can get oh, into. Oh, I've got three. Oh, so
3: tasty. We've, got some, we've got some stuff to get to, so we should hop right on in. Let's
2: hop right into it then. Let's get into the main event of the evening on UFC 282. It is the light heavyweight title. Jan Blachowicz going up against Magomed Anka live right now. You can get... Ankalaev four minus two eighty. Wow, he keep he, he continues to keep dropping. He might be at minus three hundred by fight time. Blahovich coming back at plus two thirty five. The over under is set at four and a half. You can get the under for minus one sixty five. Over for plus one thirty. Um, I mean, there's if you're coming here to to listen to a technical breakdown of why Magomed Ankalaev is is going to win this fight, I'm not going to supply that for you. I am biased. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I have my Magomed Ankalaev Future Ticket. I believe in this guy. I played the line as soon as it dropped when he wasn't fighting for the title.
3: Oh, you, uh, Oh, well, I guess he wasn't fighting for the title. Okay.
2: Yeah, he wasn't fighting for the title. Uh, so, yeah, I, I played him. Uh, I got a much better line than it is now. I got him at minus 200, which I am going to. I, I mean, I can't cash it out, so I have to ride it anyway. So I'm on Magomed Moneyline. I'm on Magomed Future at the end of 2022. Uh and there it is. That's it. I'm biased. I'm sorry.
3: Well, I was going to ask if you were going to take the opportunity to hedge your future. No you know, shot.
2: Ten dollars is not enough. I'm riding
3: it. I, I respect the commitment to the bit. I am um, on Uncle but I'm not on them straight. Price was too high. I have some concerns. I want to talk. Talk. I want you to see yeah. if you can ease something. Price is more. getting a little high. Minus two eighty. Price is steep. Uh, I think this fight is far more competitive than that. I I've took Uncle by decision at plus two forty. Um, i think in my head when i'm envisioning this fight it's just i think this is actually a very close fight frankly i think jan blach could be one of the tougher fights for magabed in the division uh Mm -hmm. because Magabed's style is so uh risk averse isn't exactly the word i like but he's he's very counter-focused he likes to work at range for the most part uh, and and just kind of build up little edges over time. And Jan is really good at that kind of fight. I mean, people talk about the Israel Dissignan fight with Jan Blachowicz, like, he was simply too big, and he just sat on Izzy. And that was rounds four and five for sure. But part of the reason he could do that is Jan's really good at defending kicks, so Izzy's preferred weapon of staying as far away from another fighter as humanly possible and just kicking him in the legs a bunch didn't work very well. And he had to force engagements where Jan does have that legendary Polish power. So it's, I think this could be a really tepid kickboxing match is sort of how I'm viewing this for a really long, like big stretches of time. And it seems unlikely that either of them really like throws caution to the wind. I, I, the over is, I think, three and a half. And I feel pretty good about that, like part of it, frankly. But instead, I just decided to take the prop of Magomed. Because I do like him over time. He's younger, faster. I think he's a little bit better with the hands. My big question here though: five rounds. The five round change, that that can be anarchy. Can throw I have no idea how to interpret what's gonna happen here. Jan says that he was that this fight, this change favors him. He's fought a bunch of five rounders. He's more conditioned and prepared for that sort of fight, his style to work out over time. I think Ankaliyev, in general, his style does work out over five rounds as well. But was he prepping for five rounds? Was he just set for three? How is this extra ten minutes going to affect the fight? I have no idea, and that gives me huge pause for concern. Uh, certainly in taking Matt, certainly in taking Ankulaev straight, uh, but I'm st- and so that's kind of why I ended up on the prop because at plus two forty, that number seems quite high.
2: Yeah, I mean, I actually do agree with you on on the current line and. I feel like if anyone was gonna throw caution to the wind, I feel like it would probably be Jan. I mean we we saw Seems like it. Yeah, like we saw Magomed like the way that he worked against Thiago Santos, just like the whole game plan was just staying patient. I mean he's still
3: He's a very he, patient man.
2: <laughs> he'll wait, dude, but he, he, he did wait. get dropped in that fight, man. I was I was on Magomed there and it mm-hmm. I was definitely a little worried when it happened. I mean, Jan can catch people, dude. I, I like the Glover fight is so weird now because it came out that he was he was incredibly sick. Like he it watching that fight back, like he wanted no part of that. Like he he gave in very quickly. I don't know if the sickness, like it, how the the one hundred percent truce that there, but I can't imagine Magomed's gonna like just go into the ground game the entire fight. I feel like one, he would have a hard time taking on down, and two, he doesn't really go for takedowns that often. Like I understand he's Dagestani, but he is much, much, much more reliant on the striking. And in a 25-minute striking battle, yeah, I feel like this is a little bit closer than minus 280.
3: Yeah, I, I think for sure. At, at this line, I would not play Magomed straight. Um, Magomed, Magomed doesn't
2: tap to, to Paul Craig. He's 19-0, he's 19-0 Dagestani. Magomed is his name. What do you think they line this fight at?
3: Uh, he's probably minus 400 at that point. <laughs> It's and just it's,
2: so amazing, like the, the differences the, that
3: make the very small swings there. And it's, you know, it, it is what it is. I this line is not what I anticipated. I thought Jan would get a little bit more favor. And so, yeah, I don't, I'll be frank, I don't feel great about this bet. But at plus 240, I feel that, that there's just a ton of value because it seems unlikely that I mean, I know Jan has been knocked out several times in his career. But if Jan Jan doesn't throw caution to the wind and just come in chucking him at some point, or maybe he knows he's down and tries to really step it up, it seems pretty unlikely that Magomed is going to put the pedal to the metal based on... I mean, just look at the Tiago Santos fight. I feel like this fight could look a lot like that one, which is tough, because that's a tough watch, man. So if that's what we're in for on, on Saturday, that's unfortunate, but... Uh, I
2: hope and, it's a fun fight, and I like as much as I'm cheering for Magomed, just because of my my bias, because of my bets. Gotta love Jan, man. He's just he's the ultimate match. He is he's the man.
3: Yan being champion is a much more fun outcome than Magomed being champion. And I've been been touting Magomed as the future of this division for years now, but he is just he's not interesting. There's you can't argue that the man is interesting in any way. So
2: loves horses. Loves horses uh and does not speak even a lick of English. Um, so yeah, it's it is hard for me to relate to him.
3: Yeah, it's just it's not there. So uh no no true losers in this, but I'm on Ankalaev by uh by decision. I also feel like the over three and a half, what's that line out looking right now at me? Maybe even a plus money. It's even it's minus one minus one two. Uh wow. over three and a half feels honestly, that feels like a better bet than my Shot on uh on the on go on
2: DraftKings do a little same game parlay Magomed Ankalaev over three and a half and uh his money line then he could really
3: start talking man just really starting to cook with gas there but yeah that's where I'm at
2: all right uh both on Magomed maybe not as confident as uh the lines indicate all right let's move on to the co main event it is a lightweight bout Patty Pimblet taking on Jared Gordon, right now you can have Patty Pimblett for minus 250. Jared Gordon coming back at plus two ten. Uh Patty Pimblett. <laughs> interesting. Um, interesting man. Uh, this is going probably gonna be his toughest matchup uh to date, I would say, here against Jared Gordon. For sure. Uh for I mean sure. Jared Gordon can win this fight. Like press him up against the cage. Uh, you know, get control in the grappling. Like basically just like suffocate Patty and, and win a decision. Uh, I feel like that is his best path to victory. Uh, Patty's going to have the reach advantage. I think he's got the speed advantage. He also just like watching his fights, dude, they, they just have that chaos factor in them. Like it, yes, it just gets chaotic. And, and I don't know if Jared Gordon is going to be able to perform under that chaos. And I I feel like Patty Pemblitt is, is likely going to get his hand raised again
3: it's hard to disagree with a lot of what you said, but I'm going to try. And here's why I'm going to try. I don't like the dude and that's it. I don't, I don't feel like I need much more to be said. Um,
2: yeah. I can't really say I'm like a, a massive supporter of Patty Pimblett, especially. Uh, I don't know if you, you saw his latest interview. Sure with did. with
3: Don't yeah. like the dude. Um, and my, my view on my view on Patty has been the exact same. And I, uh, if if you pull emotion out of this, I am willing to acknowledge that I may have been overly harsh on his potential previously. I am not all the way certain that that's true, but I am willing to acknowledge that he has certainly exceeded my expectations for him, which were granted extremely low. And it's not like beating Jordan Levitt is like the biggest feather on one's cap, but uh, he he's better than I gave him credit for. I am willing to say that. But and I love the the surrounding of Patty Pimblet. He's done a lot of good things. The talking about men's mental health, it's phenomenal. Uh, the energy he brings, the fandom, all that's cool. But then when he opens his mouth and starts talking, um, I don't like him, and I'm not going to pretend that I do, and I'm certainly not going to bet him. Uh, and I have bad news,
2: Jid. I have bad news. Did you bet him? Yeah, I already had two bets down on him. That's a shame. I wasn't a huge fan of him, but I thought he got it done. Now I kind of feel, now I guess it's a win-win for me. Either dude uh, dude loses or, it, uh, or I win money. Yeah, I mean, he is like, I don't know, we don't need to get too deep into this, but it's just like he comes across as like this, you know, mental health, all this, and then like throwing around some crazy insults. Like calling someone a, like a pathetic piece of shit rodent, those are heavy allegations but just because someone didn't want to pay you for an interview.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's real, real grade A dipshittery, and I'm not here for it. Oh, uh, man, and
2: him and Dana just like, just just like, they just working off of each other.
3: Obviously, that, that part kills me the most because it's like, I don't know. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, yeah, in this, yeah, but it couldn't be more of a, Boot licking piece of shit. Oh my move.
2: god! It's just like, dude, you you're talking to a guy that is profiting off of these fighters just the same. Like
3: profiting off, uh, profiting off not just the same in a substantially substantially worse and like more predatory way. And 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 the thing that kills me is he knows it too. He knows it because he didn't join the UFC initially because he wanted to get paid his value. And he even now knows. He said multiple times in interviews, "I am not getting paid what I'm worth. We got to renegotiate." And here's the facts for you, Patty. You may not want to say it publicly, or you may just be up in your own and not feeling it. You are not getting paid what you're worth right now. Right now, you are not getting paid what you are worth because we like. This is inarguable, and that's it. It just kills me. You can't argue against math. It's not. We know the numbers. You are not clocking what you should collectively as fighters be doing, and so to then come about this shit, it's just the worst kind of sycophantry. And i I never like. I have never been big on the dude's skills anyway. Jared Gordon is the toughest test of his career. This is clearly set up for Patty to take another step up, move, continue to win, etc. And by all accounts, he probably will. Like that seems, they usually are not that shitty at building somebody along these lines. And Jared Gordon isn't normally the kind of guy who I would be like, yeah, that's the sort of hard-nosed dude who's just going to say, F your master plan, I'm coming in. But a plus 210, I'm going to keep fading, Patty. Uh, I I may end up losing money in the long run, but I guarantee you I'm going to win one of these pretty damn soon because he cannot keep winning. So I'm taking Jared Gordon because I don't know, one dude's an asshole and one one dude is not and battled back from drug addiction and seems like a pretty decent man. So don't yeah. don't tail me for technical reasons if you're coming. But <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at, boys and girls.
2: Yeah, one one thing I do have to say about the the fading patty thing, and it, and it happens with a lot of these guys that kind of get the rub from the UFC, is that sometimes I do feel like people are like, I'm fading him, I'm fading him, I'm fading him, uh, and like you said, like it feels like most of those times are like actually losing endeavors. Like say Patty starts his UFC career off like five and zero, and like the ticket you cash is like a, a plus two ten, like you would be down. Uh, in money like I, I, I hear people Saying it like with A- Ian Gary like I'll continue to fade him until he loses These guys like Ian Gary and Patty like don't get big enough Lines for it to like Really pay off at This point I would just stay away from this fight But
3: uh, yeah I mean that's the reasonable Answer for certain because yeah. it's also The other side of it is it's just not worth Betting Patty in the every time because Eventually he will lose And you're getting what minus 240 like You're not getting Dude. enough payout he
2: he has that this is something that like if you're going to bet jared gordon you need to just sit just hang out till saturday dude because there is a type of fighter the sean o'malley's the conor mcgregor's the patty pimblet's of this world that it does not matter what the line is people will dump money on them patty pimblet opened for a brief moment at plus money in this fight I got it last week at minus one hundred eighty-four. I was like, wow, this is this line is really starting to get stretched out now. And now there's a chance that he's gonna close at like minus three hundred.
3: Oh, I I think for sure. Once the once the UK fans land in Vegas and hit head to the windows,
2: I think the for Barstool sure. fans, all all of these yeah. people that like don't really watch UFC week in and week out, Patty's, fighting, see, Patty's throw fucking fucking parlay, fighting, throw him in the parlay. Throw him in the parlay. Uh I also <laughs> I also have Patty Pemblet minus three and a half points. I, I feel like if he wins, it's going to be inside the distance, but uh, if it goes to a decision, you know, give me the 29, 28, 29, 28, 30, 27.
3: Uh, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Kind that. of a bummer. I, I agree with that in general.
2: I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Pretty big, pretty big bummer.
3: Yeah. It, it, it is what it is. I, I didn't feel this vehemently until, uh, Patty got on one with his boss and felt like he wanted to earn some, some, Points or whatever.
2: I mean his uh, well, not just his boss, Dana White, which was just a back scratching affair to uh use a you know a work appropriate term here. Uh, you know, they were just going so, off. Of
3: each so work appropriate you yeah. are
2: just a back scratching <laughs> affair. Uh and uh a back scratching contest, as they say. Um it's also like his manager is is putting a ton of this like yeah. in his ear. Like his his manager is is the you know, the man who runs Cage Warriors. Like he's putting a lot of this into his ears. Yeah, just
3: you know. Uh if you like Patty Pimblett, that's cool. Not telling you not, not to. I'm just not I can see
2: how you like him, sloppy shit, men's health, all that.
3: Yeah, I'm not I uh I would like him a lot more if there weren't like a very very pointed piece of his personality that's being a shitbag. bag. Uh but, you know if you like him I'm not telling you not to you do do what makes you happy guys uh and what makes me happy is is fading Patty and maybe <laughs> I'll lose money but the day I win boy I'm gonna be celebrating it's gonna be, be sick mean? it's yeah. gonna be sick
2: yeah it's uh yeah all right let's move on let's Moving keep it on. let's keep it in the main card it is a catchway bout of 180 Santiago Ponza nibbio going up against Alex Morono uh right now you can get Ponza nibbio four minus 180 alex morono coming back at plus 155 the over under is set at two and a half right now the over going at minus 165 the under undergoing at plus 135 uh didn't really you know like it's it's kind of a tough fight to call morono coming on in on incredibly short notice he is a dog you know it ain't shark week i do have to say that it is shark not week. shark week so it's kind of tough to back him here Um, Ponzinibbio hasn't really been the same fighter since he came back from, uh, from the health scare. Uh, I did take the over two and a half though. Uh,
3: Oh, good. I like that bet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Had to get a little action down. Had to, had to get it done. Seven of Ponzinibbio's last 10 have gone over the two and a half. No KOs since the health scare. Uh, despite landing an average of 106 significant strikes per fight in his last three fights, still no knockouts. Uh, and Morano's tough, dude. Five of his last six have gone to a decision. 11 of his 16 UFC fights have gone to a decision. So it's probably going to be a fun fight. I'm looking forward to this one. Not the highest profile replacement for Robbie Lawler, but I think Alex Morona will come in here as a game opponent.
3: I love everything about the bet. I briefly flirted with Ponzi scheme bet, Um, but just because the short notice, if and that shorter notice seems like it really favors him. um,
2: Yeah, you you would have to think so.
3: And I'm not a huge Morono guy, never have been. Um, and at one point in time, I love Ponzi scheme. So uh, give me the over uh, the over two and a half at minus 165. I, for all the reasons, I think both guys are tough uh, given the short notice. Maybe somebody, you know, maybe Morono does not have the gas tank or something, but I think we're going to probably get, I think this probably goes to the card. So I'll take the over two and a half and feel fine with it.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook
1: And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: There it is. Let's keep it rolling. Main card, middleweight bout. Darren Till takes on Dricus Uh Right now, you can get Dricus. Another line that is is moving quite a bit for minus one eighty. Darren Till at plus one fifty five. What Darren Till are we going to see here, man?
3: Oh, I have a hot take. Are we going to see it's Darren It's not too, actually a no? hot take. <laughs> It's, I think it's actually the appropriate take. Please uh, tell me. Darren Till is very bad at fist fighting, and <laughs> and he has been forever. We haven't seen versions of Darren Till. It's all the same, and Darren Till sucks. Let's go look at his record real fast. Um, and we don't even need to talk about that he's, he's lost four of his previous five fights. Let's talk about his wins, Connor. What would you say is Darren Till's best win? Oh yeah, yeah. Is it the bogus split decision over Kelvin Gastelum, or is it the bogus decision over Stephen Thompson?
2: Yeah, I mean, oh, the Stephen Thompson one is, uh, yeah.
3: They are, bo- they were both bad decisions. He should be zero six in his last six. His one, his before that, he drew drew with Nicholas Dalby, who's a solid fighter. Uh, beat Jessen Ayari. Uh, we all, I know, we all remember the unanimous decision over Jessen Ayari. That, that was a fire monster one. fight of twenty seventeen.
2: What about Wendell Oliveira Marquez?
3: Uh I mean debut of one of the greatest middleweight, welterweight, soon-to-be-light heavyweight fighters in the world. Uh Boyan Velichkovich, I was a big Bohan guy. And and I so I know you remember that. What a 2017. Nicholas, uh Jessaniari, Yari <laughs> Velichkovich, and then the Donald Cerrone TKO. His best win is knocking out old man Donald Cerrone five years ago. He has beaten nobody. I love and this I mean game. nobody good. I have been saying this for years because he has this incredible ability to fail upwards. It makes no sense. What it, like, he loses to Robert Whittaker. It's his third loss. It should be his fourth or fifth loss or, or whatever. Uh, but he actually looks kind of okay in that fight. And so they give him Derek Brunson, who just runs over him. This, he gets knocked out uh, and then, and then submitted by Tyron Woodley. And then he gets Ori Masvidal like it is. He continues to get opportunities despite having done zero to back it up, approve it in the cage. I love DDP. Trickett is is awesome. He is maybe a little bit, um, you know, undersized given, given the fact that he's a former welterweight, etc. cetera. But I love the pace he puts on. I love everything about his game. He is go. He is gonna. He is going to bring the fight to you, and he is going to bring the fight to Darren Till, who's not good at fist fighting people. So, God, I, I love on, the energy. I, I, mean, I feel like it not take much to fire me up, but Darren Till will fire me up.
2: I feel like Dricus has been. A- a little bit disrespected this week. I mean, I see a lot of people being like, "Drakus Duplessis sucks. He's not good. Watch him, watch him swing and go in with his chin up on a on a platter every time." Like this dude was a KSW champion. Like he t- Roberto Soldich. Yes, he took the belt from Roberto Soldich. Oddly enough, Roberto Soldich is his last loss. Uh, DDP is Roberto Soldich's last loss. It's a it's a crazy thing because they did trade off, but I mean. The dude is, what, 17-2 and now in his career? Like, he comes in, he bangs, he puts on super exciting fights. Like, that Brad Tavares was the first decision of his entire career, and there were numerous points in that that it looked like the fight was going to get finished for either side. Uh, I mean, dude, like, he comes in, he has exciting-ass fights, and most of the time, he's the one getting his hand raised, and it's typically... With a win by finish, I'm with you. I'm on DDP. I've been on him since Let's the line go. open. Uh, I am also on the fight does not go to a decision because I'm not quitting the fact that DDP does not go to decisions. He hates it. Yeah, what's he that fought, line at? I, love uh, that line I took it minus one seventy. I think it's still right there. Uh, I mean, he fought Blockhead Brad Tavares, and yeah, he couldn't he couldn't get him out of there. But before that, See, yeah.
3: not, not a lot of people have gotten Brad Tavares out of there.
2: We actually get to talk about someone that did get we, Brad Tavares we sure later. But, uh, I mean, dude had, what, what is it, 16, 18 fights prior to the Brad Tavares and had been to zero decisions. Uh, I think he's going to bring this fight to Darren Till, and I don't know how much Darren Till is going to like that. Darren Till is wildly low volume. He throws... 2.26 it does nothing significant strikes a minute or lands 2.26 significant strikes a minute I mean if you look at how many strikes he lands per fight he's never landed 50 significant strikes in a fight yeah not one time one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven UFC fights has never landed 50 significant strikes landed 49 twice. But that seems to be his cap. And he's been to a decision seven times of those 11, six, six, seven times of those 11.
3: I Also, you didn't mention this, but it's important to note. In two of those fights where he didn't land 50 strikes were five rounders.
2: Yes. Oh, (laughs) my
3: God. Two of them were five rounders that he landed 41 and 38 strikes in.
2: Tyron Woodley, epic, zero strikes landed over the course of uh, nine minutes and 19 seconds.
3: The one good Tyron Woodley title performance is tremendous.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's also just, there's I've seen people max betting Darren Till this week. And maybe we're going to come back to this and it's going to look like the Tuivasa uh Pavlovich takes and it's a, a y'all must have forgot moment or something like that.
3: I didn't forget shit. What did I forget? <laughs> Who'd he beat? Tell me who he beat, Connor.
2: That's actually a fact, but <laughs> I just don't know how you could have this confidence in Darren Till going, he's
3: going he's up against... Hamzat now.
2: Going up against... Which? How much have they been training leading up to this fight? I was at PFL. I'm not going to say I'm the Hamzat Shermayev insider, but I was at PFL. Hamzat Shemaev was also at PFL. I'm not going to say whether we were there together or not, but he was there. I was there. Darren Till was not there.
3: Uh, you can't argue. The man, the man knows.
2: Listen, MMA fighting Hamzat in, Hamza Shemaev insider, Connor Burks here reporting for duty. Uh, Yeah, dude. I mean, Max betting Darren Till when he's been out for 15 months and there have been a few reports of injuries. Like, there's no telling what Darren Till we're going to get here, man. I, I really don't know.
3: Uh, he's been out for 15 months and he has not convincingly won a fight in five years. <laughs> I, five years. Donald Cerrone was October of 2017. That was his last convincing win. Yeah. There I mean, is no, I wouldn't bet with your money or I wouldn't bet with Patty Pimblett's money on Darren Till. Nothing could compel me to bet on that man.
2: Yeah, I mean, he is 2-4 and four over the last five years. He has fought one singular time over the last 29 months. Uh, Not
3: good. Not yeah, good, Yeah,
2: and, and he got ran over. Listen, if you want to take Till plus money, who am I to stop you? But Max betting Darren Till this week? I mean, people, people are Spoiler. really just like, that's all I ke- see them keep going back to is Is DDP comes in with his chin up? I'm just like, okay,
3: all right, cool.
2: Like, it's not as if Darren Till is like some knockout artist.
3: Like, I mean, look, if knocking out Donald Cerrone isn't proof that you are one of the greatest strikers in the sport, I don't know it. I don't know what more proof you need.
2: Right? His his two knockouts are are Donald Cerrone and W O M. Like, you know, just. I don't know. Maybe I'll look stupid. Maybe I'll look wrong. He did
3: knock Jorge Masvidal on his butt that one time.
2: Yeah, there you go. Remind
3: me how that fight ended?
2: I was going to say, Jorge Masvidal also knocked him.
3: Sat up and then clobbered him. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. I think DDP does the same this weekend. I think he brings the fight to him. I don't think Darren Till appreciates him bringing the fight to him. And uh, yeah, I think he just kind of folds him, makes him quit. Boom. All right, there it is. Last Last main card fight. Let's go. Last main card fight. Let's dive right in. It's a men's featherweight bout. We have got Bryce Mitchell going up against Ilya Taporia. Someone's O has to go, despite Bryce Mitchell actually having a loss (laughs) on uh, on tough. Uh, But you know that is what it is. Right now, you can get Ilya Taporia for minus one forty. Bryce Mitchell coming back at plus one twenty. I can't wait for this, dude. This this is my main event. I like. I am. I am. Wildly excited for this, especially the way Bryce Mitchell looked last time out against Edson Barboza. Uh I am super, super stoked for this because Ilya is sick too. What what are you thinking here in terms of bets?
3: Uh I have Ilya Tapurio. I feel really, really good about it. Um, oh sweet. I I mean we'll just go ahead and get this because apparently I hate a lot of people on this card, which I didn't realize until we start talking oh, about. Oh no, it. you hate Bryce Mitchell? Not a big fan of Bryce Mitchell. Um and I'll leave that to your imagination as for why um just you can you can figure that out for yourself. i suspected you were going to uh but uh, regardless of that Ilya tapuria just rules he is unbelievably good at fighting uh i have long said that it's incredibly smart that patty pimblett not fight Ilya tapuria because he will get bagged up
2: You want, Max, you want to talk about Max you want to talk about Max bets Taporia versus Pemlet oh I would love that that
3: would be just a full shove uh, on Topes for me so look Bryce Mitchell uh you cannot say that he whatever you feel about him personally and I certainly have thoughts he is a phenomenal fighter um and has been getting better each and every time Smart uh, he fighter. Looked, he looked so good against Edson Barbosa. And maybe that's a, that's a style match that favors him in general, but still, he looked so good that it is hard to overstate how good he looked there. But he his game relies on the grappling; like he has got to get that going. Because if he's stuck on the feet, like he's not like he's not totally incompetent there, but he ain't winning fights doing that. Like he's got to get his grappling game going, Connor. I don't know if you looked at the stats. Uh, can you tell me how many times Ilya Taburi has been taken down?
2: Zero, but who has attempted to take him down? Doesn't Finish matter. that sentence for me. Doesn't, doesn't Ryan matter. Hall and Yusuf Zalal. Uh, Ryan Hall, I believe, has a takedown accuracy of nine percent. His takedown attempts are him laying down and saying, "Join me, join me on the ground, good sir. I'm doesn't, the wizard of grappling." Yusuf, that Zalal, is like, Yusuf Zalal is at like Yusuf is at like thirty percent. Yusuf Zalal also, if you go back and watch that that third round of that fight, he actually did get him on the ground. Like he he was struggling in that third round.
3: Doesn't matter. Man doesn't man's man is too powerful, too athletic. Solid fundamentals in general in that, and he's way better with the hands. Frankly, I think he can take Bryce Mitchell down and get that game going for himself, because it's not like Bryce is like a world-class wrestler. He's just a solid MMA wrestler. Uh I think that Taporia probably goes sprawling brawl here, which I would favor him to pull off. But if he wants to engage in scrambles, uh, one, that's just going to rule for us. It's going to be great to watch them getting after him, Matt. Yes. And two, I, I still think he's ahead in that regard. So uh, I I think this line is about what I expected it to be. But I, I love it to Topre right here. Give me Elite Topes.
2: I'm actually on the other side. I love it. I love when we, when we have disagreements. Dissension. On- yes, sir. A little bit of dissension. I am on Bryce Mitchell. Uh, I'm not going to be the one to be like, uh, you know, twister seasons coming or any or anything like that i think this is a fantastic fight if you made Ilya taporia the dog i probably would have ended up taking Ilya taporia uh i mean the takedown defense at a hundred percent you know it's like the memes where it's the uh the mcdonald's worker and you know it's just like oh empowered and the other one is like Broke ass. It's just like, uh, it's like that. Chris Curtis is 100% takedown defense, fighting like real, real grapplers and like stuffing 32, and Ilya Taporia stuffing Ryan Hall and Yusuf Zalal, and he's stuffed like six over the course of his career. It's a very true. small sample size.
3: So Connor doesn't like math. That's what I'm taking from this. Connor's an anti math guy. Got it.
2: <laughs> you would be anti math at this point to believe that that small of a sample size could be true for the entirety of his career, and now he's going up against like a formidable grappler
3: no nope, no nope. man can't be taken down see if, that he does, if he does <laughs> man's illy Tobe's got a sick gilly, baby sick
2: all right, here's ghillie. the, oh ghillies dude ghillies are the highest rate of landed submissions out there that is jump
3: the ghillie great. baby that's the move Talk all right so here's Justin the thing. he'll tell you jump the ghillie
2: if bryce mitchell comes out here and goes for like nine takedowns and goes oh for nine uh a i will be coming back here next wednesday and being like Bryce Mitchell lost. That is for sure. If he goes over for nine for takedowns, he is not going to win this oh, fight. Yeah. B, I'll have to eat the math crow uh, for sure. But I mean, I I was incredibly impressed. Like you can say that that was a favorable matchup for him against Edson Barboza. But going into that fight, people were talking about he, how he was going to get put out, how he was going to look like an idiot on the feet. And he went out there and dropped Edson Barboza. The way that he mixed in the takedowns, like he fought smart. Uh, I mean, if you think beyond the cage that he isn't the most intelligent man, uh, you know, flat earth and whatnot. He fights smart in the cage. He fights to win fights when, when he is in there. Um, Edson Barbosa had a super solid takedown defense. I want to say it was at 80% going into that fight. He went four for four on takedowns against him. Uh, and yeah, I just know he's going to fight for my money. I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. This isn't a bet that I'm like log of the century. It's B money. Bryce Mitchell now very close fight
3: you value betting so proud of you You it's a rare thing
2: it's a rare thing it is a rare thing i like to just pick winners but in this case had to get a little action down gonna be a banger praying we get just like a three round back and forth wild fight uh and i'll take a little plus money action here on old on old bryce
3: mitchell i think we've both been stupid is what i'm gonna say here because I think actually what we should just do is we should just bet the over two and a half at minus one thirty five. I feel like that's likely. Like I, I feel like that I is. I don't think like... either of these dudes are going to get the finish in the grappling exchanges that we're ne- inevitably going to get. It yeah. seems not likely.
2: I feel much more live for a submission with like, or I mean, for a finish is Taporia. Punch that
3: in right now, actually.
2: Nice, nice. Yeah, I feel, I feel like Taporia. if way safer than. Finish. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe that actually is a good bet for you because you have Taporia, and I feel like if anyone's doing the finishing, it's gonna be Taporia.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. If if someone gets a finish, Taporia lands some. Taporia's got that chin too. But man. yeah, that's the thing. Taporia's like I, I think he can ro- ro- roll with Bryce. Bryce has a good chin though. Like I, I don't. I, even if Taporia cracks him, I still just don't think.
2: I think they him. both have good chins. Yeah. I mean, Taporia like a lot of people talk about him getting dropped by Jai Herbert. Uh, very early on in that fight. I, I kind of flip the script on that and say he he survived a lethal kick there. Like he, not many people would come back from that one. Yeah, for sure. To win and the fight.
3: Also, that fight was just super weird from like, a, you just look at it and just how big Jai Herbert looked compared to Tapuria in that fight. Like super weird. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to take the over. Feel good about it. That was, of course, also a lightweight fight. So
2: I was gonna you know. say, I, actually, the, the fact that you brought that up, I was gonna say last thing. Does does Teporia's weight cut issues concern you at all? Two seventy had to drop out. Some videos came out like he was he was really stressing to get down.
3: No, because if he's if he makes if he doesn't make the weight, the fight won't happen, and then so I, then my bet will be null and void. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't. He he's never missed weight, so. You know? If we lose Bryce Mitchell Ilya Taporia it's actually not Teporia, true. Apparently he did miss weight in Cage Warriors.
2: Hmm. If 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 we lose Bryce Mitchell, Ilya Taporia, oh my gosh. I mean, this card at one point was looking tough. like one of the best cards of the year. Uh bone nickel, uh, Yuri Glover 2. Uh we had I forgot Lalo, was
3: but, supposed to be on this
2: uh I mean, if we if we lose Bryce Ilya... Imagine we lose Bryce and Ilya and Darren Till out of the fight. Oh, my gosh.
3: I mean, there's just nothing. on. I, I do want to clarify. So Ilya did miss it. weight for Cage Warriors. That was for a Bantamweight fight. He missed by a lot because the man oh, ain't a Bantamweight. God. You look at him, he ain't yeah. a Bantamweight. Well, he did miss weight for 270. I mean, I guess that's true. Fair. I forgot that that fight didn't happen. But, you know, eh, doesn't bother me. Ilya Tupuriya to the moon, baby. I'm not a huge scales guy.
2: A lot of people like really ride their bets on scales. Like, I just place the bet, expect them to make it, and and ride.
3: Unless you look like like death or something on the scales, I, it doesn't influence me at all. There's
2: been a few times where guys have looked like death and then have come out and cashed tickets. Oh
3: yeah, the they absolutely still can. It is not, but that still is the mental image of me being like. I can't, yeah. that's the, that's the lizard brain in me being like, yeah. that guy's a skeleton. He can't win, bet against him. Yep. And then, yeah. you know, 50-50, whether it matters in any regard.
2: Yeah, like, uh, oh, the Netherlands uh, have, have the flu and uh, Pul- Pulisic's coming back. Hammer USA money line. Never made any sort of Look,
3: difference. it's impossible for us to win a game when we don't shoot the ball. Oh, uh, yeah, it
2: happened. I just want to say it happened. I said it was going to happen last week on the podcast. I was going to bet RDR, I was going to bet against Netherlands, and I was going to bet on Kevin Holland, and I was going to go for three. It happened. It <laughs> happened in a in a big way. Uh, Netherlands, enemy number one. If you're listening in Amsterdam, if you're listening, drinking a Heineken right now, know that you are officially my enemy.
3: made an enemy for life. I will say the entire to country. You, I will say to you, Netherlands. I uh, may or may not have done an anti-Netherlands parlay for these three things. Wow, and. Felt okay, uh, even though I also had action on RDL. <laughs> dude. Still felt okay when that happened. And Real then quick. And your soccer team ruined my life.
2: <laughs> yeah, dude. Their ball movement is so beautiful. The Memphis Depay, that first goal. As it was happening, I was like, wow, their ball movement is like – like, people are always like, the beautiful so game. Bad. It was actually like a beautiful – sequence for them to score the that stupidest first goal.
3: thing i've ever seen it's like guys you're just they're just passing around you like your cones yes
2: like they are just yeah i was with a few people and they were like what are we doing i'm like uh the, the netherlands is worked. just <laughs> the, yeah the netherlands is just better than us like i hope you guys didn't think we weren't underdogs going into this uh real quick before we get on the prelims rdr wow uh one-way traffic like dominated when i saw him get like two, three takedown stuff. I was like, this fight is over. He has okay. no answer on the feet.
3: I didn't really. And this was maybe uh, so. I, and maybe this was just me being wildly optimistic. I well, first let's just start here. Anatoly Malkin, congratulations. Beat. You've arrived. You are oh, legitimately a top yeah. 10 light heavyweight. Like, and that's the thing. Uh, dudes undefeated and has, lo- has looked pretty good shown promise, but he's been, a, a, it's been as a smaller heavyweight, his whole career fight nights global it was all heavyweight stuff. You know, even in one him, him doing this in his, what I think is his light heavyweight debut. It's certainly the first time I remember him fighting his heavyweight. That's a top 10 light heavyweight dude. Like I, I feel really confident saying that I'm putting him in my rankings this month. Great, great performance. I knew that this was a problem for RDR, right? Like, you knew that he is not a great kickboxer, that he needs to get the grappling going, and if somebody could stuff it, it makes things a little interesting. But I did think during that fight, I was like, there is just no way Mulliken can keep this up. The pace, the power, the speed he was throwing with, it's like, if if RDR can just make it out of this first round, and it looked like he was about to. If he make it out of this first round, Malkin's gotta slow down. Like this, he can't keep this up. And then when that happens, just takes one, one trip, and RDR can can pull this out. It turns out, uh, didn't matter at all. Malkin just buried him, buried
0: and frankly,
3: him. looked like he could have kept doing it for twenty minutes. I don't know if he could have or not, but
2: impressive as hell. Impressive that dude's as really as hell. good. I'm, yeah, RDR I am level. stoked
3: to watch him fight. Like yeah, I R- cannot wait for the next time he competes at one.
2: We go to the first one in Colorado in May.
3: I would be down honestly. No,
2: but live from Colorado. Uh, All right, let's continue with UFC 282. It's a heavyweight bout. Jairzinho, Rosenstrike going up against Chris Dawkins. Right now, you can get Rosenstrike for minus 170. Dawkins coming back at plus 145. The over under set at one and a half. Right now, you can get it for minus 150. Over coming back at plus 120 shocker uh i am on violence here 16 combined ufc fights 14 have ended in ko uh the two decisions were on Jerzinho's end uh blades and cyril gone i mean both these dudes have been KO'd. both of them get ko's uh i likely feel this is going to end the same way neither has ever completed a takedown i'm guessing they're just going to swing till they drop Dawkins six fights six ko's all under the one and a half uh and Jerzinho's six of his ten have gone under the one and a half as well so I am on the under and I parlayed up. The fight does not go to a decision.
3: I don't like that you're on the under because it feels like a oh, personal attack.
2: Yeah. Wow. I forgot. Like yeah. That was directly attack. at you.
3: <laughs> Just direct shots fired at your co-host here. Uh, so I'm certainly on the over one and a half because there's no more electric or more fun bet uh, in in MMA gambling than heavyweight overs. Over one and a half plus 130. Got to be honest. Uh no reason to be on the over here. When, when you look at the numbers, no reason to believe this thing lasts longer than seven and a half minutes. And <laughs> frankly, I really don't like that I'm only getting plus 130 on the over one and a half. It opened at seemed, minus
2: 115. There, it was minus 115 each way. I was shocked.
3: That is incredibly surprising to me. I thought I'd be getting a little more value here. I thought I'd at least be plus 180, you know, flirting with the plus two. I'm not. I'm getting min-value at the over 1.5 at this moment. And maybe that's my fault. Maybe I have have spoken of the electricity of the heavyweight overs and people are betting them. That's keeping the line down. But I'm going to stick with it because this isn't about winning or losing. It's about having fun. And the best part of heavyweight overs, when they don't hit, you know it. It's almost like Tai Tuivasa, Sergey Pavlovich. I was on that over. Never even close. That was the least sweaty bet I've ever made in my life.
2: I mean, that was I was on the under for that. I was on Fight Doesn't Go to Decision. I mean, that was – the fact that they were only given the Fight Doesn't Go to Decision at like minus 600 was just crazy.
3: Absolutely absolutely nuts. So I'm on the over here. I am also – I have not made the bet. I want you to either talk me out of or into betting on Chris Dawkins as an underdog. No. Because – (laughs) (laughs) no <laughs> no <Nope. laughs> nope. okay
2: I can't trust them I can't hear a Dawkins name and trust them I was on Kyle Dawkins last week and I it's got true. the
3: Dawkins do not um do not help us in, in a lot of regards but
2: you also I have just, to realize his win condition is just finding the number because if he doesn't find the number his number is going to get found and he's going to get got and he's going to get put out
3: it's true but like you just look at the at the stats on this one and you look at the way they fight and it's like in my head, I think Rosen Strike is probably like a slightly more technical fighter. But he also just doesn't do anything for like very long stretches of fights. Whereas Chris Dawkins is gonna put the pace on you. And so it's it's really a question of can Jairzinho land one? Because if he lands one, then that's that's gonna be the end of it. But if he can't, Dawkins is gonna outwork him until he lands one. So
2: Well, that's the thing. I I Jairzinho is going to he's going to fight back when you bring the fight to him, and that's kind of what he wants you to do because those times where he's not doing anything. Yeah. He just kind of stands. So honestly, like I I feel like that plays less for Dacus that he'll be open to counters and whatnot. I mean, I don't know when it comes to a side, if Chris Dacus knocks him out, I'm not going to be like, you're not going to be picking my jaw up off the floor. (laughs) Uh, But I'm, I'm cool with just playing some violence here.
3: Fine. I'll play not violence. I'm playing the over one and a half. Yeah. You've talked me out of making any any value bets on Chris Dacus, good work.
2: Chrissy D, uh, it'll be a bummer if he wins. Uh, all right, let's keep it moving. We we got to get on our horse here and go for Man, these last seven fights. Jim uh,
3: fault. I'm actually mostly done with bets.
2: Oh, sweet. Then I can break these down quickly. Uh, it's a men's bantamweight bout. Jay Perrin taking on the young, the green, Rahu Rosas.
3: Uh I'm excited. I want to hear what your thoughts are because I don't have a bet, but I have another bet that I'm considering.
2: Uh, So, right now you can get Rosas minus 230. Jay Perrin coming back at plus 195. I'm actually not on a side. So, like, Jay Perrin is, is not that great, but he does have experience. He has been in the UFC Octagon three times. And if you just look at Rosas, 18 years old. Like, he's going from not just the Contender Series with no fans in attendance against a Contender Series level opponent, but just six months ago, this dude was fighting in the Ultimate Warrior Challenge in Tijuana, fighting regional-level dudes in front of four 500 people max. And now he is going to the sold-out 20,000-seat T-Mobile Arena fighting on a pay-per-view card. And he is not the curtain jerker. He is pretty deep into the prelims. Tough to trust a guy that is 18, that is this green, while I think this is a favorable matchup for him, I just I just can't put my money uh, on either side of it. I'm on the over one and a half in a parlay at minus 225. Uh, I mean, Rosas, is, as good as he looked, controlling, dominant. He was never really close to a finish in that contender series fight, and Jay Perrin is just a tough-ass dude. Uh, he's been finished once. It was five years ago, and it went over the one and a half when he did get finished. Uh, six of his last seven have gone to a decision. I likely think this goes to the scorecards, uh, but, you know, the bread and butter over one and a half at only minus two twenty five. I, I thought it would be more juice. You love the
3: over one and a half unless it's heavyweights and then you don't support your friend.
2: Bingo. What do you think? <laughs> Who do you think wins?
3: Uh, I want to value bet, Perrin here for That's all the what reasons I like you said. Is the value. Like it's, like I, it's I want to value bet him. The, the big problem to me doing that is it's Jay Perrin. Well, I guess the two, they're two big points. That's one of it. Um, I've heard some really good things about Raul Rosas Jr., like behind the scenes, like really good stuff about this kid, like really does have the makings of something. And so that gives me pause when he's fighting a guy like Jay Perrin, who, as you said, he's Jay Perrin, you know, but it is hard. I do not, I, this is a classic dogger pass to me. You, there's no world in which you can convince me the betting on the 18-year-old R. Jr. at minus, minus 230. 200. Yeah. Minus 140. I you.
2: could probably get talked into it.
3: Minus You're 230. Into it, but yeah, minus 230, he's 18. Such a such a change in in venue and in, in spotlight and everything. And he's only 18, so like you just never know like what could happen, even if he looks great in the gym one day. He's 18. He's still just got like random hormones coming at him. And like, who knows what the hell is going on that could mess with his mind in like the smallest of ways it can have huge consequences. I think it's a dog or pass. I haven't bet on Perrin just because it seems this feels like it goes against the fundamental ideology of the UFC clearly doesn't want to sign an 18 year old and have him get beat up. Like they're trying, they want to build him and they feel that this is the way to do so. But it just feels like you should fade him. So I, I don't know. We'll see if I end up pulling the trigger on it or not, but absolute dog pass for me.
2: Yeah. I'm with you on that side.
3: If you had said that you were betting it, I would have joined you because we oh. Wolf packed it. Yeah. Uh, but when you were like, and when you started, I was like, Oh my he's going to do it. Hell yeah. Nah. Let's go. And nah. it was like, I can't feel confident. I was like, damn you. These nah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can't get to the third round and Raul Rosas be up 2017 and be like, why did I bet on Jay Perrin? You
3: know, it's a great question.
2: Or Jay Perrin comes out, gives him a vet lesson. If uh, Teach, some, teach on, a little
3: young whippersnapper or something.
2: If being on three in the UFC makes you a vet. Let's keep it rolling. Next up, middleweight bout. Edmund Shabazian going up against Dolce, Lungi, and Bula. Uh, right now you can get Shabazian for minus 280. Lungi and Bula coming back at plus 235. Uh, another fight that it's like... A little bit tough to trust either guy with your money. Uh, I think Edmund is going to get this done. I just think he's the better fighter all around. He's going to have a massive size advantage. He's still super young, so theoretically he just continue to get better. But trusting a guy coming in off of three losses, while it was against top tier talent at minus three hundred, uh, is just not something I'm I really want to do in this one. Uh, I did I threw a little a little prop D parlay together. I uh, through fight doesn't go to a decision. Dolce, he just comes out with reckless abandonment. Jabazi, and I, I really think going back and watching his, his wins in the first round, he, dude, has got skills and is a killer in the first round. Five of his six UFC fights have not been to the cards. 12 of his 14 career fights haven't gone to a decision. Dolce, four of his six UFC fights haven't gone to a decision. So, yeah, I think this is a good matchup to where we see a finish. Uh, we got you muted, brother. Good catch.
3: Yeah, tough to argue with that because I'm on Shabazzian inside the distance at minus one fifteen.
2: So there it is. Uh, just... I don't, I don't hate that at all, dude. I mean,
3: yeah, it's I, I, I didn't. I thought about using Shabazzian as a parlay piece, but it's actually like a pretty big number, and I'm just can't feel like I just don't want to lay like close to minus three on Edmund Shabazzian, but Shabazzian finally moving away from Glendale Fight Club, I think will probably help him tremendously to like train with a real camp team. Uh, in extreme couture still still super young you know, 25 big physical advantages in this one and I I believe in the talent certainly so uh, and the man's a finisher like
2: man
1: is
3: Shibazian, a finisher Shibazian, absolutely a finisher um, you know 10 of 11 inside the distance four or five of uh, Lingu Bula's losses come by finish so I'm taking Shabazzian inside the distance at minus 115
2: I think that's a tasty play right there considering getting on it but i i already have so many bets you have a lot of bets down yeah i think Does i'm you just feel, you know away. if
3: you if it intrigues you consider it but you don't need to expose yourself yeah to action.
2: i think that's a fact i think that's a fact i'll just ride the fight that's a good go to a decision because if Dolce wins i feel like it's going to be by a decision let's keep it rolling it's another middleweight bout it is chris curtis taking on joaquin buckley right now you can get chris curtis for plus 135 joaquin buckley the favorite in this one minus 155 uh Last time out, if I'm not mistaken, we were both on Curtis against Hermanson.
3: Oh, uh, we absolutely were. Didn't work out for us.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Like, I, you you love to see Chris Curtis with a plus sign next to his name. That that Hermanson one does give you a little cause for concern. There was a lot of traveling going on.
3: It doesn't actually.
2: Tell me you're on Chris
3: Curtis. I'm absolutely on Chris Curtis. Oh. oh! Are we- when we talked at the beginning of the show, and I was like, "Yeah, you remember uh, how last week I had two bets that I didn't understand about the betting it. lines."
2: Talk about it, great, great. I'm I'm glad this is the one.
3: This is the one where I was like, I don't understand why. Like, I assumed looking at it that Chris Curtis would be the favorite because why wouldn't he be? Explain to me why he's the underdog, Connor. Like, yes, he lost to Jacker Manson. Jacker Manson is a good fighter and certainly better than I gave him credit for heading into that fight. Joaquin Buckley, like, is fun. He's certainly fun. Does the the big KO of a lifetime finish? You know he's working with Dust and then the the whatever that guy Commander Brown D- Dale Brown Commander Dale Brown and Dust, but he's he's like mid. He's like a mid fighter. Chris Curtis is like a fifteen to twenty ish kind of top guy. Way way higher volume on the feet. On, like he doesn't have the the one punch one hitter quitter power certainly. But uh, much more technically sound on the feet, unbelievable takedown defense, and that was my thought. It was like he's going to beat Hermanson because Hermanson can't score takedowns. Hermanson actually turned out didn't need them. So good, good for you, like I, Jack. Like that, that's a hell of a win. Buckley doesn't need takedowns, but he certainly wants to mix them in. That's going to get nowhere. And I am dead certain, hundred thousand percent confident, that come the third round, Chris Curtis is winning that third round. Buckley is is not going to win the third, doesn't have the gas to compete, certainly at the pace that Curtis is going to have or or bring to the fight. And so it's Chris just needs to take one of the first two. And I think he's the better striker. So it seems really, really likely he's been knocked out once in his life. Yes, the guy who, who lands the spinning ninja kick or whatever we decided to call that unbelievable KO, he can knock out anybody in the world. You can't pretend that that's not in the realm of possibility. Did
2: he, did he not fight two times that night as well? You're talking about the PFL knockout?
3: Um, no, no. The, uh the, the, the Impa Kasanage knockout.
2: Oh, I'm talking about, oh, who are you talking about right now? I'm talking about Ray Cooper knocking.
3: No, I'm talking about Buckley. I'm saying Buckley can't oh. knock him out because he can knock out anybody in the world.
2: Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry. Like that, ab- that,
3: that, that is absolutely possible. But but
2: Chris Curtis has only been knocked out once knocked in his career. knocked out by
3: Ray Cooper that one time.
2: And he fought twice that night. He yeah. fought Magomed Magomed Karamov to a decision. And then they were like, "Uh, someone bailed. We need you to fill in in the, in the title fight tonight. And he went back out and fought Ray Cooper and got knocked out.
3: Yeah, because he's got that dog in him. X-ray, show it. He's got it.
2: I mean, listen, dude. I'm I'm aligned with you perfectly. The biggest thing is That's like it. Joaquin Buckley. Yeah, he's known to sometimes mix in the takedowns. Go to the wrestling. That that good luck, dude. Good luck, Chris good luck. Curtis. A hundred percent takedown defense. And like you're talking legit Four UFC opponents. Every single one has tried to take him down three or more times. Every single one has failed. And you're talking about Phil Haas, Brendan Allen, decent grapplers. You know, Jack Manson going Phil
3: off. Haas was a JUCO national champ.
2: Rodolfo Vieira going 0 for 20. Like, I mean, this is like, he has serious takedown defense. He has improved that piece of his game wildly. So if this is just going to stay standing, I mean, Joaquin Buckley comes in here, he is low volume, and when he does throw, he's throwing aggressively. He's throwing huge shots, and that's going to leave him open to counters, and we've seen Chris Curtis have success in the countering game. I mean, go back and watch the Brendan Allen knockout, the way that he wobbles him so bad. I mean, Phil Hall's or yeah, Phil Hall's that that initial you know, punch that stunned him came off of a counter. Like he is, if they're just going to stand there and box, then I really do favor Chris Curtis in this one. I favor him in the cardio department as well. Joaquin Buckley has also been knocked out numerous times. Like, yes, Chris Curtis, his last two fights went to a decision, but like he can blast people, bro. He can put you out and he, and like, he stalks you down once he has, has you wobbled. Uh, I'm on Chris Curtis plus plus Um, I'm actually on the under as well. I, I think that they're going to have to stand and box, uh, and I think someone's going to get put out in this fight. Uh, and if it doesn't, I like what you said. Third round, Chris Curtis takes over, gets it done.
3: Fantastic, baby. Love, love everything about that. So, yeah, uh, and that's my second. I only have one other bet in, on this card, and and you know, you know what that bet is. Like we all know what that bet I know is. What it so. is. So let's uh, keep it moving. Unless you're going to t- talk me into one of these next few ones, this is going to be the the Connor Burke show
2: from here. Yeah, I, I likely won't, but, uh, I mean, we're going to have some fun the rest of the way. Featherweight bout up next. It is Billy Q going up against Alexander Hernandez. Right now you can get Billy Q for the sweet price of minus 165. Hernandez coming back at plus 140. This line has not budgeted at all. You know, with a lot of these fights, you see, like, crazy line movement. This fight has just been chilling. Uh I took Billy Q at minus one sixty. Like, uh, I mean, Alexander Hernandez. Like, go back and watch his last fight. He looked great in that first round against Moicano. Uh, I mean, when I was watching that, I was like, man, Alexander Hernandez at at plus money against Moicano. That that was a great bet if you took it. And then going into that second round, he just fell off of a cliff. I mean, it's kind of in Alexander Hernandez fashion. Uh, at this point like he's got big time power he has finishing capability but that gas tank is just very suspect and when he gets put through adversity it feels like the fight is going to end when he's gassed out and the guy just keeps bringing it to him and who's going to put you through adversity who's going to make you fight through the fire uh that's going to be a man named billy q win or lose you're going to have to go through the fire to get your hand raised uh yeah, he's pretty active. I'd say he puts a little bit of pace on you, a little bit of volume. Uh, lands lands over lands over seven significant strikes a minute. That's good enough for, uh, oh, the most in featherweight history. So he's going to come out here. He's going to put that pace. He's going to weaponize that pace, put that volume on here. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any takedowns if Alexander Hernandez goes for him and it's a lay and uh, We can look back on this and, and call me done, but I think it's going to stay standing. I think it's going to be a banger of a fight. I think Billy Q survives that first round, puts it on him. I'm not even saying he's gonna lose it. Like he might win it, but I think he'll get past that that initial onset fire from Alexander Hernandez. And he's just gonna take over as it as it goes on. Uh and I think he's either gonna get a late finish or a decisive decision win. Plus, another thing is Hernandez is coming down to one forty five as well. Uh I have I no idea what he's on Yeah, I mean, he's a big dude. I
3: never I mean. thought he was small.
2: Yeah, he's a big dude. Uh don't know how that's going to look for him. Billy Q riding with my guy.
3: You've almost convinced me just because I, I wanted to bet Billy Q, but I'll uh, I'll be honest with you. A lot of fights, didn't have all the time to break down tape. And on this one, I did not watch any tapes. It was like, my head says Billy Q, but I don't want to totally uh, shoot from the hip on this. So you may have convinced me. I may be joining you on the old uh, the Q train.
2: Listen, take the week, think about it, if he wins, I'll buy a Billy Q headband. How about that? Everyone's got the Billy Q headbands. I'll buy one if he wins. Uh, you know, show some support for the guy. He's great on Twitter, great on Instagram. Yada yada yada. Just good energy. Good energy. Let's keep it rolling, though. Let's go with a men's featherweight bout. It is Eric Silva making his USA the UFC debut, going up against TJ Brown right now. You can get Silva for minus one ten. TJ Brown coming right back at minus one ten as well. Downtown. TJ Brown. Uh sometimes great, that fight IQ. Name. Yeah, great name. Sometimes that fight IQ is is not always there. Uh the Arkansas Brethren of of Bryce Mitchell does not quite have the uh you know, the smart cage time uh as him. I mean
3: when he's winning I mean, minutes. I mean plus that that glory of May got Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, who knows how that's gonna affect things.
2: Yeah, I went back and saw an old tweet from Jeff Molina in like the beginning of November, and it was like January 14th, like a clean sweep by Glory MMA. It's coming. It didn't age very well. Didn't age very Tough. well. Tough. Tough Yeah. So I mean TJ Brown, like when he's when he's winning minutes, when he's successful, it's like he's he's having successful moments in the ground game. He's getting the takedowns. Eric Silva, I mean, he's He's green, but he's not, like he's old. Uh, But watching his Contender Series fight just comes out, blasts a takedown, and just pounds dude out. Dude has got vicious ground and pound. I watched way way more Lux fighting championship uh, fights than I'd like to admit. That's where Eric Silva was the featherweight champion. Uh,
3: Um, Don't ever be ashamed of your love for Lux.
2: I was getting into him, dude. I mean, when he, even when he did get taken down, he was good with the reversals. He was good with the submissions. Uh, it says that he got all first-round submissions. I actually do have to argue typology there. The Radleem fight, it was a second-round submission, but uh, but no big deal. He's getting older. I think he's only going to have one shot. He mix in the, mixes in the kicks well on the feet. I, I feel like he's just a better all-around fighter, and I feel like T.J. Brown's strength is sort of going to be – an asset for Eric Silva. I feel like he's going to be able to handle the ground game. Well, uh, and I mean, if he gets on top, it might be ninety-nine for, for TJ dude. I mean this, the ground and pound that this dude has, there was one, not lo- same level of competition, but it was very similar to the Shavkat where he was like the standing going through Neil Magny's legs and still just, or no, it wasn't, it wasn't the Magny fight. It was, uh, who did he fight before Neil Magny? Ay I can't remember. Uh, it was, uh, it was, I mean, dude, the way that he got this ground and pound was just like the most beautiful thing between his legs and just completely found the chin and knocked him out. I saw a little bit of that in Silva. I'm not saying Eric Silva is the next Hamzat Shemaev. It was the Carlston Harris fight. I'm not saying he's not the next Hamzat Shemaev. But the dude's got vicious GMP. And uh, I'm just going to take him to get it done. Uh, I'm not going to trust TJ Brown with my money. uh, And I have to get a fight, a bet on every fight. So there it is, Eric Silva.
3: I respect it. Um, As a long time MMA fan, I believe this is before your time in the sport, there was another Eric Silva who people thought quite (laughs) highly of. He did not turn out all that well. Now, granted, he spelled his name with a C uh, instead of just the K, it was the CK. But I can, the flashbacks of bets gone wrong and old Eric Silva, there's nothing could compel me to bet on this Eric Silva at, at this stage. So good luck with that bet. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. You.
2: I appreciate that. Uh, next up.
3: Oh, I'm back on. Let's go. This is a fight. I'm involved. I told you in. I'd
2: be quick. I told you I'd be quick. You next you up. It.
3: And it's not like we need to talk about this guy.
2: There's nothing to talk about. Nothing it is to a men's flyweight
3: bout. Is that 25 pounds and under
2: that's 125 pounds and under uh, the the three most beautiful words in all of sports. Uh, it's immense flyweight bout. I mean, Daniel De Silva taking on Venicia Salvador. Right now you can get Salvador for, I don't know, minus 200. De Silva coming back, plus 160. Doesn't matter. They don't care. Over under. Set at one and a half. I can promise you. I am on the under. I mean, this is, I Who hate is that it? we're we're paying the price. I, pay, I got minus the 190. The secret's out,
3: Connor. The secret yeah, is like,
2: out. What is it? What is it now? Minus 210 or something? It was minus 200 two last
3: night when I took it.
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, this is the flyweight under dream. Like, had they came anything close to even money? Like, we could have been talking max bet scenario. Like, these guys, 33 professional fights, 32 have not gone to a decision, 23 first-round finishes. Like, I mean... Like this is this is what flyweight under dreams are made of.
3: It is. There's I I almost shout out to Hunter
2: Campbell for the matchmaking. Like, say, yeah, like there's, I appreciate you. To say.
3: You just take it. You wish the price was better. You wish that somehow somebody screwed up and we got under two and a half. Oh my but god! It, just, it simply been. doesn't matter. Uh, I I considered just for the sake of it, Costanzing. this uh, goes to decision at plus four fifty. But I decided I liked my money, and I'd like to keep yeah. it. So yeah, yeah, because I also I also unders, parlayed
2: up the the fight doesn't go.
3: Yeah, five hundred unders, baby, easy game, and that's the last bet I have on this card. I don't have a curtain jerker bet. You know I love. I got a curtain
2: jerker. I, 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 I got not three, studies, so
3: I'm not here.
2: Uh, all right, so the prop parlay that I have that I actually am a a large fan of is: De Silva Salvador doesn't go to a decision. Uh, Rosenstruck. Dawkus doesn't go to a decision, Uh, and then Magomed, Ankalaev Jan completes round one. That pays out at minus 126. I am a fan of
3: that. Well, that seems quite good.
2: Uh, All right, let's get into the curtain jerker. It's a men's bantamweight bout. Cameron Simon going up against Steven. Obi-Wan Shinobi the pillow Kozlau. I mean... You can't talk about this guy without talking about his nickname. He's making his UFC debut. Yeah, it's on short notice. But like Steven Koslow.
3: I don't even know what that means.
2: <laughs> uh it <laughs> means Obi Wan Shinobi, the pillow, bruh. I mean, I, what else what else I, is there I, to say there?
3: I don't, I don't know. It's when you tell when you if you're like me and you find out the name, uh, it then makes a lot more sense when you see that he's a tenth planet guy and you're like, oh. Okay, some incredibly weird name for something. Got it.
2: Okay. Okay, so like the Obi-Wan Shinobi thing, uh, obviously like a little a little Natsuki Pudo uh, to Star Wars. Uh, so the cosmic and,
3: and ancient Japanese martial artists. Someone told me Naruto
2: or something. I could be wrong on that. Uh, I can't speak to that. You know, my my anime goes as far as Avatar The Last Airbender... And uh, I didn't even have that. Oh, God. Great show. You need to watch it. Fantastic show. I, was,
3: I think I was too old for
2: that. Oh, I mean, it doesn't matter your age, dude. Tap in. Like, it's fantastic. Uh, I think it's like a 9.1 on IMDb. Like, we're talking one of the greatest cartoons ever. And then DBZ. I mean, Dragon Ball Z. I'm actually re watching it right now. Goku just went Super Saiyan against Frieza. Great times to be had on that front. Back to Stephen Koslow. Obi Wan Shinobi, the pillow. So he's. The Coslo pillow is a new thing. Uh, It makes falling asleep easy. Guaranteed sleep within five minutes. Both both sides stay cool. Warning, may cause body and neck pain. That was uh, an Instagram post he put out on October 24th, his face uh, on a pillow. So, yeah, kind of a one-trick pony here. Uh, It does
3: appear that Obi-Wan Shinobi is some sort of, I believe, in anime, as I'm looking this in right now. Ghostmaster? more master yeah sure Maybe? Ghostmaster. master
2: coslo six and six wins by first round submission win um can i trust the guy probably not like i was able to watch minimal tape on him the dude is a bjj specialist a submission specialist that is his whole game and he's going up against cameron simon like uh 21 years old baby face dude looks like he's 15 like good fighter competent fighter um but yeah i was i was going back i said i watched some Lux fights i watched some highlights you had to pay for an subscri- subscription for efc worldwide i couldn't do that so i just watched some highlights on facebook of his bantamweight championship win he struggled quite a bit in the grappling game i'm not gonna lie he struggled so what do i have for you here what do I have for you? It's a little d special, my friend. I mean, you got to get a fight on every card, so might as well fire off 0.3 units. I took Steven Obi-Wan Shinobi, the pillow Kozlau, by submission at plus 600. And
3: oh, you love the sub prop bets. They never fail.
2: I, they never fail. Let's fire off another one into the sun. I also went 0.1 units on Steven Obi-Wan Shinobi The Pillow Kozlau submission round one plus 1,400. Uh, yeah, I'm exposed on about 0.25 units on that, so I'm really not going too heavy. Uh, and then I did, in my DGN prop parlay, I have it to not go to a decision. 11 of their 12 profites have have not gone to a decision, eight of which ended in the first round.
3: I'm going to join you on this buy-sub. Uh, I haven't watched the zero tape. Yes, sir. But I love action on the opener. And at plus 600, that just sounds like a tasty treat.
2: Can this be our guy? Can Steven Obi-Wan Shinobi the the pillow Kozlo be our guy?
3: Uh, I don't know. Who who will find out, I guess. Uh, But, you know. Whatever, it's just a couple of units that I'll throw on it. It'll be fine. Couple
2: units, wow. I'm
3: gonna throw a throw a unit on
2: it. <laughs> wow, still, I'm I'm like exposed to like a quarter unit.
3: I almost always just throw at least a unit on my bets. Because if just, it hits, it's, it's just easier.
2: If it hits, uh huh.
3: Yeah. No, it all plays out.
2: There it is. There it is. That is UFC 282. I am on. Strap in, folks. Take a deep breath. We Mag- still
3: have Bellator, by the way. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. We
3: need to talk about those very quickly at the least.
2: very quickly. Uh, things need to be done around yeah. this
3: office. Say, uh, yeah, we're we're running on time here, so please, let me just run us down.
2: Let me just run it down. Magomed on Live money line minus two hundred. Patty Pimblet money line minus one eighty four. Patty Pimblet minus three and a half points minus one twenty five. Ponza Morono over two and a half and a half minus 105drigue 2 plus C minus 114 2 plus C till fight does not go to a decision minus 170 Bryce Mitchell plus 130 Rosenstrike Dawkins under one and a half minus 115 Chris Curtis money line plus 143. Chris Curtis Buckley under two and a half plus 105 Billy Quarantino money line minus 160 Eric Silva money line plus 100 the Silva Salvador under one and a half minus 190. Steven Coslow by submission plus 600 Steven Steven Obi-Wan Shinobi, the pillow Kozlo by submission round one plus 1,400. That's it for UFC singles. Parlay, the one that I really like. the Silva-Salvador fight does not go to a decision, minus 650. Rosenstrike daucus fight does not go to a decision, minus 4,10. Uncle ankolaev completes round one, minus 400. That pays out at minus 126. The D-Gen prop parlay. Simon Kozlo fight doesn't go. rosas Perrin over one and a half. Shabazi and Lugi Mbala.
3: Doesn't go plus one ninety-four. Brilliant. Magmint, mine are for the UFC. Mag- Magma and Goliath by decision plus two forty. Uh Jared Gordon on the fade, plus two ten. Uh Santiago Santiago Panza Alex Morona, over two and a half, minus one sixty-five. Trigas plus C minus one eighty. Ilya Tapuria, minus one forty. Uh sorry, Mitchell Tapuria over two and a half, minus one thirty-five. I did add that bet in today or during this. I am considering fading Jay Perrin. I am certainly on the over for Rosenstrike Darkus at uh, over one and a half, plus 130. Shabazian inside the distance, minus 115. The Bulldog bet. The Bulldog underdog, Wolfpack wager. Chris Bulldog Curtis, guys, plus
1: 135.
3: Yeah. Uh, oh. And then Salvador De Silva under one and a half. And I join my boy, taking Kazlo Obi-Wan Shinobi the pillow by sub at plus 600. That's the UFC rundown. Let's very quickly talk Bellator. Friday, things are happening. I've got three bets down. I know you've got one. I suspect I know what your one bet is.
2: What do you think it is?
3: There's a little guy. There's the double Magomed. We've got a little guy named Magomed Magomedov fighting Patchy Mix uh, in the feature bout of the evening. I'm going to guess, given your stance on Magomed, <laughs> you're taking Magomed Magomedov.
2: I love and I I especially love a double Magomed.
3: Double Magomed, twice as nice.
2: Twice I fear for nice. him, man. I fear for him, man.
3: Patrick mix, that's a good fight, but minus one twenty-five, it's a good price.
2: It's backpack, a good price. backpack boys, much bigger. You're yeah, on, but, you're on you're on double Magomed.
3: But he's a Magomed, so yeah, <laughs> double Magomed. Because look, you know if. If for the rest of my life I just bet every Magomed and all of their lines were minus 125, I would be a millionaire. All right, so, all right.
2: To win I a half unit, I'm in.
3: Love it. So that wasn't the bet you're on. Oh, okay. Nope. Interesting. So I'm on Magomed uh, for sure. Easy game because um, he's Magomed. How do you bet against
2: him? How can you bet against him? What am I doing? What was I even thinking not taking that I bet? I don't even it's know. Ridiculous.
3: I am also on Juliana Velasquez, uh, Velasquez in the co-main event rematch with Liz Carmouche. I don't feel great about this bet, but I feel good about it, if that makes sense. Like, I know Carmouche won the won their first fight. Carmouche's a veteran. Velasquez looked really good in that fight up until she lost. I think she's going to come back with a fire, uh, and that fight is going to look like the parts she was winning and none of the parts that she ended up ultimately losing wish the price was maybe a touch better, but I wanted to have action down on the title fight. I took Velasquez. Do you have anything here? Are you on the main?
2: I'm on the main.
3: Well, I'm also on the main, so let's just move right on into it, buddy. Where are you at on the main? Stats. All day.
2: Let's go. I was, I was oh. a little bit nervous that you were going to try and sell me on Sabatalo there. I mean, no,
3: no, no. Look, Danny, D- Danny Saps is, is fun. Um, you know, colorful, loud on the mic, etc. Uh, but, he is very limited. He can only grapple. It's the only thing he can do. And sure, he's good at it, but Ruvian Stotts is, is better. He's a better wrestler. He's straight up a better wrestler and a much better striker. I think much better just, striker. I think this wildly favors him. And the fact that the price is only minus 140, uh, it's just far too tasty of a bet. Honestly, one of my favorite bets of the weekend is Stotts at that yes. price.
2: I mean, bro, you're talking about... Uh this dude's level of competition is much higher than Sabatello. And his one loss is to Marab Devaljavili. And it was a spinning back. Like it was a spinning back fist. Like we don't know how that fight actually would have gone. Like Sabatello is, or I mean, uh, Stotts is like a a very accomplished fighter. Like not to take anything away from Sabatello, but I do just think he is, he has a much more complete game. I was honestly shocked uh, at the price. I I thought Stotts was going to be at least a minus 200.
3: We're talking, you know, D two national champion Stotts here. D two um, multiple, I mean, Sabate- multiple times. Has... Sorry, two D two nat- natty championships for Stotts.
2: Listen, Sabatello has. However, you feel about the personality, he at least has personality, and I love that in fighters. So I, I can't hate on the game. Like I love the bleach blonde. I love like the, the 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 whole act, the way that he goes about things.
3: But his he does. fight interviews are are elite.
2: Oh yeah, dude. And if he wins, he'll get on the mic and it'll be fantastic. And like the whole like stots is a bitch thing that he's been riding this entire time. Like it's it's great stuff. He does talk about like melting people's faces off and no, like them to watch the shadow round. The best. I mean, he has like essentially no finishing chops at all. Like,
3: it's the best. I love it, honestly. I am a huge fan. I actually like if he's doing it as
2: a bit, like, if he's doing it as a bit, like, he's just like, he thinks it's funny too. But like, all of his Bellator fights have gone to a decision. When he was on the contender series, he went to a decision.
3: Six fights or whatever have gone to a decision.
2: I mean, he has three knockouts, but like, if you're looking at the level of competition, one guy was 0 2, another guy is 0 1. And then, is that it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Two and three, two and three. So, everyone was uh, under 500 that he's knocked out. Um, yeah, I mean, also, Erwin Rivera being his loss, as opposed to Stots's one loss being Mirab DeValshvili.
3: There's a difference there. You could say that there's a difference between those two things.
2: Erwin uh, Rivera did make it to the UFC, though. Um, yeah, I mean... I've, I've, I've got stats. I've got stats here. I think he's got the more complete package. I love it. Bro, so there it is. We've done it. We did it, dude. We did it. That's two eighty two. That's Bellator. A little sprinkle of Bellator. Just giving you our picks. You know, as just a, always, just a
3: little bit extra
2: free, free of charge for the people. Um, Ninety minutes in the can. Gotta so love it.
3: A, I, I know we talked about setting up a Discord and charging for picks, and then we were absolutely like, not. <laughs> that's just a. That's just not a good thing to do.
2: Ever, Never, ever, ever <laughs> will I charge for picks, dude. Uh, one, I'm not good enough. And two, uh, I just don't want that pressure. I do a Discord with people, picks, uh, charging for people, not happening.
3: Yeah, you know, it's probably a good choice. Given
2: take my bets, dude. My bets. If you lose, so three, I take them. If you, or don't take them they're free they're gonna be there either way you don't have to take these bets i promise you when people come to me and they're like i lost xyz on your picks i'm like no one made you take these bets man
3: yeah i uh i lost money on them too because they were my picks
2: yeah it's my favorite thing rough night at the office cb it's just like yeah i know i lost uh, money I, I
3: in fact am aware
2: yeah I uh, I am aware of that, man. Thank you uh, Thank you for reminding me. I watched every <laughs> single fight and sweat out every single bet. Uh, oh, but two days later, you commenting that? There it is. I didn't realize I had a bad night at the, at the
3: office. Thanks, thanks for refreshing my memory.
2: A lot thank of silence when, I, when, when I'm when hot, though. I mean, not much. You know, a couple nice jobs here and there, but it's mostly silence on that end. Uh, that's neither here nor there. We don't <laughs> need to get into that. Uh, that's 282. Next it's week. Next week. The last UFC event of 2022. I'm not gonna lie, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to a little break. Give us a little lull in the action until we pick back up in January. Should be a good one. Uh, Demir is Magulov and Armin Sarukian on that card. Um, I'm not gonna That's lie, a hell of a fight. Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland is is who's headlining it. Just needed to just needed to confirm that. Uh, top two fights of the Knights are sick. Can't wait. Uh we got the Battle of the Saeeds. Said Magomedov versus Said Kakramanov.
3: Uh Pivotal must watch TV is what that is.
2: That's next week's problem though. We'll it get is. into that then. See you next week. Thanks for listening.
3: Love you guys.